Amen. Thanks for being here today. I hope you're blessed before you leave this place. Amen. And uh, if you have your Bibles, get your Bibles out. We're going to turn to the book of Luke. The book of Luke. And we're going to be reading from uh, chapter 16. Just wanted to prepare you. And hey, I just want to uh, also encourage you if, you, if you don't have a Bible or a study Bible, if you don't have a study Bible, if you've been around for a while, I encourage you to get one. Get one because study Bible helps enlighten you on the scriptures, helps you have better understanding. And we ought to be feeding ourselves daily. Amen. We found out that last week. If you're here last week, I apologize. I kept you so long. I, I'm, I'm going to apologize because look, <clears throat> it's like the rain out there right now. I appreciate the rain, but the ground can only take so much, right? So, uh, there it is. Thank you. See, right on time. Right on time. God even said amen. So, I know I've had several of you say, but it was so good and needed. Amen, but I could have broken in half, right? Could have broken in half. So, but <laughs> listen, we're finishing up a series today simply entitled God First. Not a long title, but probably one of the most important, it's probably the most important title I could have ever given a series. God just wants to be first in all of our lives, every area. We talked about the first week, God wants to be first in your time, in your schedule, in your daily walk. Let me tell you something. If you're not, if you don't have a daily scheduled time with God or reading in the Word, you are missing out on life. And you're missing out on what a relationship with Jesus looks like. A lot of the problems and the pressures and the issues that you face, would, um, it's not that you're not going to have them, but they are so, so melted down when you have the power of the Holy Spirit working through you and for you and in you. You see things differently. There's a peace that you're going to have that you can't get anywhere else. Because the truth is, most of you in this room say, I could use some peace in my life right now. There's some peace maybe at my job, peace in my family, peace in my marriage, peace in my kids, anybody. Just some peace. I'm going to tell you like I've told people every year. I'm asking you, give God a year. Not just coming to church. I mean, that's great. I'm glad you're here. It's most importantly, and I also want to say to all those watching online, we welcome you tuning in today. I figured there would be a lot of people watching online this morning. When I woke up and it's raining, I'm like, everybody's staying home today. But you're here. Thank you. Give God a year. And then I'm going to add to that. Give me a year of your life to come and, and participate with everything that we have to offer at this church. I'm, I'm, ta I'm talking about going all in. I'm going to make a commitment because some of you, you, I'm talking about being faithful to do what God's called you to do. Give me a year and participate in everything. And at the end of, the, of ne in next year, when it comes around, 
If you're saying, well, this church, you know, it just doesn't have enough for me. It doesn't do. I might go to church with you somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> because I want to make sure we're doing what we need to be doing. There's a lot of th great things we're adding to our vision this year. Some things that are happening that are going to grow people spiritually. And I'm super excited about it. And we'll be hearing more about it as we get through the year. I also believe that you've got to have patience to roll things out. So, God first. God first in my schedule. God first in my time. God first in my relationship with him and with other people. And as I spoke last week, God first in your body. Oh, we missed out. If you missed last week, please go back. And listen to the message, because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's not talked about a lot anymore. But, you know, we're living, we're doing things to our body, right? Our, mind, our soul, our mind, our real emotions, the negativity, the things that we allow in our mind. I mean, uh, that we're doing things to our physical body because it lusts for things, it wants things. And then our spirit is also trying to get fed at the same time. So go back, listen to that message. But today... The title of my sermon is this, and don't run off, don't run out. God or Mammon? This isn't there. Yeah, some of you just all the blood that shrunk out of you right now. This is an area that has been so scrutinized, so manipulated, so misunderstood. Yet it's so, Jesus talked about it more than anything else. Because it's so closely tied to your relationship with him. And so I'm going to ask you to give me a few minutes to teach you and have an open mind to get understanding. Okay? Are you with me? So will you give me a few minutes? So if you have your Bibles, I want you to stay with me. All right? Now, I'm not aware, or sure if you're aware, but money is spiritual. That green stuff is spiritual. It's not neutral. And what you're going to discover today is either it has God's spirit on it or it has the world's spirit on it. And I'm going to show you that. Your money, in other words, has a spirit on it right now. And whatever spirit it has on it will directly impact you. It got real quiet. See, if you don't understand this, you become a victim of it. And the devil has manipulated this subject so much in the church. You ought to recognize his manipulation. You ought to recognize that it's going to be a device or a problem that he's going to put out there for everybody to criticize and be critical of it, that makes me say, hey, pay attention. This is important. But God has a better plan over your finances today. And I want to talk about that. Look at Luke chapter 16. We're going to start with verse 9. You, you've, you've probably read this scripture, but you never understood it. Jesus is talking here, okay? He says, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by what? unrighteous mammon I want you to let that sink in Jesus is talking he says make friends for yourselves by this unrighteous mammon 
Now, let me just say this. Jesus is not suggesting that a person may buy entrance into heaven right here. Okay? He's indicating that your stewardship is a valid test of your relationship with God. It's a test. It's the only, if you read the Bible, it's the only place in the Bible Jesus or, or God said, test me in this. So money that does not have God's spirit on it, you have to put his spirit on it and use it, watch this, to make friends. Now that, does, that this is totally, what, I want you to hear and understand what I'm saying. I'm talking about eternally, for an eternal purpose. So let's go back and read it again with a little bit better understanding. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by, can we just say money? Unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, that word fail there means when you pass away, when you die, they may receive you into an everlasting home. In other words, there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day if you used your resources to help build the kingdom of God. Listen to me. You're going to walk through those pearly gates one day, and there's going to be a welcome team from people you don't even know thanking you for your giving of your resources because it was because of your giving that they even heard the gospel message and made it into heaven. Some of you have never heard this before. That's why when we give to other things, we give heart for the house. You don't even know who it's going to. When we give to missions or to the school in Guatemala, when we give to, the, the, to Destiny Ministries, helping build churches, you have no idea w- w- the people's lives that are being changed and set free and healed and salvation has come to their life. He's saying, look, man, one day you're going to show up and, th- and they're going to welcome you to heaven. I believe we're going to know that. Because watch, he keeps on going. He says, you say, well, he's not talking about money here. Well, watch. He who is faithful. In what? What is least is faithful in much. Because some of you are saying, well, I just don't have any of this unrighteous mammon. To even be concerned about this message, pastor. And let me just say, you never will if your attitude stays that way. He says, he who is faithful than least. In other words, it's not the matter of the amount. It's what you do with what you have. And he says, and he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust and also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who's going to commit to you your trust, true riches? And if you've not been faithful to what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? In other words, If you're not faithful with what God has supplied to you, how are you ever going to have your own? No servant, here we go, here's the title of my message. This is not Pastor James making up stuff. No servant can serve two masters. One, it has to be one or the other. It's not neutral. For either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot, please finish. That are, that's Jesus' words. I think if anybody I was going to listen to, I'm going to listen to Jesus. Anybody in the house. Now, let's talk about mammon. Some of you never even heard that word. Maybe the first time you've ever, or you heard it, but you didn't understand it. Mammon was actually, actually was the God of riches, okay? 
Mammon was a Syrian god. Sometimes we just think it's money. No, it was actually a Syrian god. And the whole goal of Mammon was to control people's lives through the love of money. Now, this goes all the way back in the Old Testament. Uh, uh, when you go back to, to uh, Babylon, okay, you remember the story of the Tower of Babel. Okay, that's where they tried to build the tower up in heaven. They served the Syrian God because he made promises to them that, that he was their God. And they believed that they could be a God themselves and reach heaven on their own. So it goes all the way back. It's a spirit. It's a spirit that actually rests on money. And Jesus is saying either my spirit's on it or the spirit of mammon is on it. Anybody learn anything? See, if you study the Bible, a third of the Bible is prophecy. And it's prophesying all pointing to the return of Christ. Are you okay to learn here today? I'm trying to help you, okay? Um, it, so a third of it is about the pointing to the return of Christ. And I'm going to tell you, it's all being fulfilled right now before our eyes. You need to live with your eyes wide open. Look at what's taking place in our world, specifically in our financial world around the world. Revelations 13 talks about the Antichrist who will get control over the entire world. Okay? Do you know how? It's not going to be by his power or nuclear war, but it's going to be through the spirit of mammon. Listen now. That's why the devil is fighting it right now, some of you in your spirit. Because it's the very tool that the Antichrist is going to use. He's, you know how he's going to use it? He's going to control your ability to buy and sell. That's what the, this is the Bible, okay? In other words, you can't do anything unless you're aligned with him. Now, let me just stop and say this. Some of you, that puts fear in you. Man. But let me just give you some peace. If you're saved and set free, I'm not planning on being here then when that happens. Because if you read Revelations, listen to me. If you read Revelations chapters 1 through 4, okay, chapter 4 is the last chapter that the church has ever mentioned. And if you coordinate it with some of the other scriptures, I, I believe that God's coming and he's going to lift his church out of here before tribulation ever begins. The Antichrist does not even start until tribulation begins. So no, have no fear. If you don't know Jesus for any other reason, you need to find Jesus today. Amen. Hello, somebody? But as you read chapters 5 through 17, uh, it talks about all this tribulation period. And then the church shows up back again in the end of the book of the Revelations with the second coming. You are now with Christ to come and defeat the enemy for a final time. Anybody else? That's a great thing. So I don't have time to preach all that. just want to tie it in how mammon is important. And that's when they're going to require you to have the mark of the beast. Okay, that doesn't get talked about much more. But it sounds so horrible, right? Uh, the mark of the beast, but it basically the technology, we have it now. They're going to put, you know, some kind of mark in your forehead or in your hand. I don't know. It's like I said before, you go to Walmart or HEB, you go through there. They're not going to ask you for a debit card. It's just going to be beep. You know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Had to lighten this message up. (laughs) 
The spirit of mammon, listen to me, wants to take the place of God in your life. Money is ruining people's lives. Trying to get it. Trying to keep it. Trying to have it. Anybody in the house. Uh, you know, what's interesting is, is a, there's a book by James Patterson and Peter Kim. It's called The Day America Told the Truth. And they did a survey, and I think they're going to post this for you. But they asked the question, what would you be willing to do for $10 million? <laughs> 25% said they would abandon their entire family. 23% said they would become a prostitute for a week or more. 16% said they would give up their American citizenship. 10% said they would withhold the testimony letting a murderer go free. 7% said they would kill a stranger. Wow. And 3% said they would put their children up for adoption. Some of you are saying, I'm doing that for free, like right now. Honestly, though, this makes my heart ache because that's the condition of our nation. And this is the spirit that's operating over our country right now. Folks, we are in a financial situation right now that does not even make sense. It doesn't make sense, y'all. And, and there's no solution. There's no solution to it. I mean, they have no solution. And as long as they keep looking to behaviors to change it, they're never going to be solved. Something has to change about the beliefs in our nation. Come on, don't get quiet on me. We need a revival in the spirit man. We need a revival in the leadership where the spirit man takes charge and not the man. I said, we need God's spirit operating in our leadership. Hello, somebody? Right now, around the world, matter of fact. Mammon says, you need me. And I'm going to tell you, he'll make promises that only God can fulfill in your life. Let's run through them real quick. He'll promise you security. Talked about this before. He'll, 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 if I had more money, I would be secure, Pastor. He'll promise you, you know, every, every uh, organization that you try to invest in, they'll promise you security. Well, you know, I have some retirement funds in the market. There ain't no security in it right now, I can tell you right now. I don't even look at it, it's so sad. It's like, dear Lord, dear God, you can't find security. Look at Proverbs eleven twenty eight. 28. It says, whoever trusts in his riches, you're going to fall. But the righteous will thrive. Your only true security is in God alone. It's not never going to be in your government, people. We're trusting the government to solve everything. You know, send out some more checks. Can I just talk for a minute? It's not going to give you more security. It's in the world. We are broke. Amen? The only one that can give you true security is God himself, folks. <laughs> Hebrews 13 says, keep your lives free from the love of money. Then say it's wrong with having money. 
and be content with what you have because God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And we can say this with confidence that the Lord is my helper, not not Washington, D.C. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. You have to learn to trust in God's economy, not the world's economy, folks. Because I'm going to tell you, that goes up and down. But God is faithful every area of my life. He is always consistent and faithful and opens up windows and doors and opportunities. When everybody else's door is shut, it comes. It will show up if you're faithful with what he's given you you got to see it. The enemy is using it right now in the world and against the church. Here's another thing that money will promise you. Mammon will lie to you that it gives you an identity. My, my status, so to speak. My status, I mean, the kind of clothes I wear, the kind of shoes I wear. Young folks, listen to me right now. Those $300 tennis shoes don't make you more valuable than you are right now. Hold up. Move on, Pastor. Move on. Move on. And if you're the parent buying it, you're just as bad. Uh, if you don't like me now, you're never going to like me. This is reality. You're not going to get no McDonald's message here. We're going to get right to the root and cause and, and the word of God. We're not going to go around. This is not, we're not going to bypass scriptures. We need to understand it. Don't go around saying what you don't know. <laughs> Do you know that this spirit can cause you to have an addiction to spending? It's never enough. It's because we bought into mammon's promise. Mammon's promise. Look at Luke 12, 15. It says, then he said, beware, don't be greedy for, greedy for what you don't have. Real life is not measured by how much you own. It's a lie. We think we got to live a certain place, have a certain thing, have a certain lifestyle, but it's a lie. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having those, but if your trust and your faith is totally in that, that's where you're wrong. Where does your identity come from? It comes from God himself. He said, I formed you in your mother's womb, for you created my... There, there you go. Hallelujah. I love it, God. I formed you. I made you. It's not your body. I got God back in me today. I don't care. I, I feel, I'm feeling like strong. I feel like, man, whoo, God. Come on, baby. He said, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that your identity is only in God himself and who he's made you to be. Somebody give a shout unto God right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mammon will lie and say, I can bring you happiness. Happiness. I think everybody in the room knows that's a lie. Because some of you have money and you still ain't happy. 
Well, Pastor, if I won the lotto, I would be happy. Uh, really? For a little while. But go read the horror stories of those that win the lotto. And by the way, if you think you're going to win the lotto, good luck. <laughs> Stop wasting your money. Oh, man, that was quiet on there. I'm not saying you can't have some fun every once in a while, but if you're relying on that to bring you happiness, when I, when, the, when I get here, when that happens, when, this, when I get to this place, then I'll be happy. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, those who love money, listen to me, it's okay to have it, but if you love it and you're dependent on it, you'll never have enough. How absurd, the Bible says, to think that wealth brings true happiness. I don't know if anybody's watched the documentary that's recently come out on Bernie Madoff. If you haven't, I, I was just amazed when I watched it. This guy's a famous investor and, and um, uh, had in, in New York for years and years and years and had a legitimate business, but on the side, he began to create a Ponzi scheme. And he kept getting away with it and away with it. And we're talking, folks, we're not talking about a little bit of money. We're talking billions and billions and billions of dollars. And I'm thinking, why didn't you just stop, man? How much is enough? That's what happens. You're never going to find happiness. Are you hearing me? You want to know how you find happiness? Look at Romans 4-7. You ready? What does it say? Happy are they whose sins are forgiven whose wrongs are pardoned. Happy is the person whom the Lord does not consider guilty. Let me tell you something. I would rather be guilt-free than debt-free. You want me to, let me help you make, make you happy this morning. You want to know why you should be happy? Because God himself sent his son to a cross to sacrifice his life with his blood and his body so that you might have forgiveness and be made righteous for eternity and all eternal life. That your past sin, your today's sin, and your tomorrow's sin has been forgiven. If you don't have nothing else to praise God and be happy about, that makes me happy, happy, happy. Hallelujah. Whether I'm poor or whether I'm rich, I'm still happy because the truth is I'm rich. My God, lift up your head. Put on the garment of praise. If you ain't got nothing else to praise God for, praise God for Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm trying to, trying to move through my notes here. Dear Jesus, this happens every week. God, help me. It's 11.08. I'm watching the time. Yeah, but I want to make sure you're not oversaturated. Hallelujah. <laughs> you, can't, you don't want to get out in your car in this rain anyway right now, so you might as well just enjoy the fellowship. See, we think the answer to our problems is more money. <coughs> if, I mean, can you, every time you have something, I just need more money. We got this coming up. I, 
I need more money. I got the kids going to college. I got to pay my normal bills. Got to pay the car note. I get it. Money. It takes money, right? I realize money is important. I mean, getting our finances in order, having some type of order in our finances and have some type of stewardship, it's important, right? I'm for that. I want you to make the most money that you can make. Let me just go ahead and say it. I want you, as long as you don't depend on it before God, as long as you do the right thing with it, there's nothing wrong. Man, well, we'll get into that. All this is important. All I'm saying is you need to make sure you have God's spirit on it. God wants you blessed. He does. He wants to bless you, but he doesn't bless you so that you can just have more stuff. That's not the blessing. He blesses you so that you can strategically, while you're on this earth, use this unrighteous mammon to make a difference. Now, is that scripture coming to light now? I don't, con- listen, I'm not that preacher. I'm not that, I don't condone the prosperity gospel. I pray to God, don't you ever put me in that category. Because I, you know, I, I used to watch guys on TV and I mean, I, I could not believe what they do. It's like, send $1,000 and we'll send you this bottle of holy water. I felt like Jesus. I'm about to ready to go kick the table over. That makes me sick. And God never called me to always talk about money, but it is a huge part. We have to, I'm trying to talk about your heart right now that we have to deal with. Because we can't just ignore it, amen? But neither do I condone the poverty gospel mentality. That, you know, somehow we go from one extreme to another, you know, it's like, well, if you're a Christian and you're a pastor especially, you need to be broke and poor and have nothing. Humble yourself. You ain't reading the whole Bible. That's just your opinion. You're reading a part of the Bible, took it completely out of context. No, God wants you to live blessed. How are you going to even be a great witness if you broke all the time and begging for money? Come have some of my Christianity. Don't think so. I don't want none of that. I want to make sure my kids are fed. What, what, what's so wrong with sending my kids to college? What's so wrong with having investments? The Bible talks about passing on to your next generation. Oh, don't get me started, man. I'll be, I'll be all over it. No. God never said you got to be broke and sad and poor and humble. I'm just, I'm more, I'm, I have a more anointing. God strategically puts you here on earth to make a difference. And let me tell you something. He uses resources. It's from the very beginning of the Bible, it took resources to impact. And whose resources are they? They're his. They were put there so that he could make a difference in the earth. The only problem is he's trying to get his people to get with the program. In order for his blessing to flow through you, you got to be willing and obedient to the word of God. 
in order for the difference to be made in the earth. If everybody in this church would tithe, I would never have to take an offering again, even though you ought to give one anyway. Can you imagine? I mean, I know you look around and it looks like everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, we're debt free. That's all wonderful. You know why? Because somebody has paid the price. Somebody has given. We've done great things together. But let me tell you something. That doesn't mean that we don't have more vision. I, there's so much vision that we just need the finances to do it, right? Oh, move on, James. Move on. So how do we, how, let's answer the question. How do we get God's spirit on our finances? How do we get God's spirit on it and blessed in our lives? God says this. He says, I simply want you to return what's mine. Got quiet. And then he says, I want you to steward the rest that I've given you, the 90. Two things. And he said, that's when my spirit's on it. Now, let's go back. And some of you are going to say, well, this is Old Testament. That doesn't make it. It's not working. Matter of fact, people argue this all the time about Old Testament, New Testament. You don't want to get me started on that because they were doing it. And it didn't even have to be mentioned in the New Testament because it was a regular practice. Matter of fact. When you get to the New Testament, he starts talking about even giving over out of the abundance of the heart. That means the tithing percentage is way more expected. Oh, hallelujah, don't have time. Malachi 3.10 says, they were saying, how are we robbing you, God? How are we taking from you? He says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse. What does that mean? My church, my home, where I'm planted, where I have my family, my roots down, that there may be food in my house. What's the food he's talking about? He's talking about what you're getting right now. I'm giving you food, and I hopefully it's good food so that you understand what the Scriptures say. There's a, there is an ignorance, and I'm not blaming anybody, but there is an ignorance in God's Word these days. And I'm like, God, do work in me so that I can help everybody else get a better understanding of your Word. Because we have to know... And if you're going to know God, you got to do that. Amen? So he says, now try me in this. Another version, your version may say, test me, says the Lord. If I will not open up for you the windows of heaven, pour out such blessing, there will not be room enough to contain it. That's not always finances. It's protection, it's healing, it's favor, it's doors opened, it's positioning, it's leadership. Are you hearing me, what I'm saying? And I also, I'm not done yet, and will rebuke the devourer. Don't you recognize there is an enemy that has lied and manipulated this subject? All he wants to do is come and devour everything you have, but when you have God's protection and covering... Ah, hear me. And I will rebuke the devourer so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor the vine fail to bear fruit for your field. Now, I realize, too, there's always apprehension. People get upset when I talk about this, when preachers talk about it. If that's you, maybe it's because mammon has a hold on you. You don't realize it. But I don't want this for me. Listen to me. I'm not up here preaching this for me. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. God has blessed me beyond. I mean, this church started on my mom and dad's own resources. And we have built businesses outside of the church that have blessed our family beyond a salary in the church. So I'm not, I don't have to be doing this. I'm doing this because I was called to do it. I'm doing this because this is my purpose. 
The resources is just a means to provide to build the kingdom of God. And some people think, well, you know, you know of course pastors are going to ask for money. Look, real pastors tithe themselves. I've been a tither since my dad approached me the first year I got married and said, why ain't you tithing? It wasn't so nice like I'm asking you. Uh, and I gave every excuse in the book, by the way. Well, I'm paying off bills, Dad. I'm paying them down like you taught me. Pay off your credit cards. No debt. You, do, you taught me all that. Yeah, I did. But I also taught you God is first. We had debts. We were first married. In nine months, we were debt-free, and we've never looked back, folks. We never looked back. Never looked back. Don't tell me God doesn't work. Amen? God has been a blessing. So let me give you God's financial plan, okay? Now, some of you, you have a... Y'all got, y'all, I got 11 minutes, okay? Y'all got 11 minutes. Y'all ready for God's financial plan? You ready? Because you, you have a financial planner. Some of you have a financial planner. Let me give you God, the ultimate financial planner. You ready? Here's his plan. Number one, return the first. Return the first. Not the last. The first. I like the word return because you're not giving it because it's God's. You can't give what's not yours. See, that's the mentality, that has, that's the first mentality that has to change, that everything belongs to God. He gave you the ability to go out there and make resources right now. You have the talent, the ability, the know-how. Hello, somebody. God has blessed you with that job you have, and it all, he says, everything, everything on the earth belongs to me. It's my resources. So that, that's why the first tithe or the tenth is a returning of what is already his. And he's saying, I don't want to be last. Oh, see, y'all getting quiet. Some people get quiet on me on this. It's like, well, God is first in my life until I start talking about money. Please, I'm begging you. This is not for me. This is for you. This is for you. If you're not practicing God's financial plan, you are not putting God first. I don't know how else to put it. You say, well, I just, don't, I just don't have enough. If you knew where I was at. Look, I know what some of you are going through financial struggles. I realize some people have lost jobs. I'm not hammering anybody over the head for that. I understand we go through difficult times. But I've seen people that lost their job even tithe on $5 that they had in the, in the bank account because they believed in it so much. Hello, somebody. The key word here is also first. First. Some people wait to the end of the month and I'll give God the leftovers. God will not take any other place. He said, put no other gods before me. And really, that's what we're doing when we don't put him first in our resources. Look at, look at Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your... Isn't that amazing? Why don't you say honor the Lord with your prayer? Honor the Lord by your faithfulness to church. He could have said many things. He said, honor the Lord with your wealth because it's so closely tied. He said, how do we do that? With the... Now, you're saying, man, that's like old talk. Yeah, because they were all farmers. 
the first of your resources, and then your barns will be filled overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. Look at Deuteronomy 14. He says, be sure to set aside a of all that your fields produce each year so that they, you may learn to revere. <laughs> See, there's something involved. When I, it means I'm, I'm revering and respecting and honoring and trusting God, my creator, my savior. I can trust him with my salvation and I can't trust him with my resources. Something wrong with that picture. I want God's spirit on your life. Amen. Here's the second part of the plan. We're, on, we're getting there. Steward the rest. Return the first. Steward the rest. Your job's not over. I mean, listen. He says now you have 90%. And, and listen to me. I would rather have God's blessing on the 90 than no blessing at all on the 100. God can do more with your 90 than you ever could do with your 100. God blesses it, but he doesn't always, listen, he, he, he blesses it, but he doesn't always bless equally. I want you to hear me out. He doesn't bless equally, and look, neither would you. If you have children, you understand this principle. I have children. They are all different when it comes to spending. I've given them equal amounts at times growing up. And you know what? The trait is always the same. I have one. I give him this amount. And his dreams are so big, the next day, it's all gone. The big ticket item. like I got, And not really, but you need to feed yourself. You need gas in your vehicle. And then I have another one. I have to call and make sure he's eating because he hadn't spent none of it at all. It's like, dude, I mean, I'm, I mean, can you imagine that being a worry? Anybody? I, it's weird. It's like, son, are you eating? Thy God, you're, you haven't spent anything. Uh, yeah, I ate a cracker, you know. <laughs> but God's watching what you do with it is my point. Bible has so much to say about stewardship. He talks about the talents. He talks about steward, being the good steward. Just go read it. Jesus talks about this all through the Bible, okay? So he's looking for people who now know how to manage well. So the question is, is are you a good steward? Are you a good manager of the part that he lets you keep? And this is where some of you are going to go, ouch, because you're like, that's something I need to get a hold of. Because even though you're tithing, you're still broke. God's not, God can't control you going out and spending your whole paycheck on something you don't need, need to be spending it on right now. He's saying, I'll provide for all your needs overflowing, and I'll bless you. But what are you doing with it? And, and let me be clear. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants you. God, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundant. That means super abundance. You can't even imagine, okay? And I'm going to give you the quick James Green plan, okay? Can I do that real quick? I'm going to show you a tool for some of you, this, just to get you started. You, some of you are 
way smarter than I am when it comes to how to balance and invest and do all those things. I mean, I thank God for the tools I have. But there's a little tool, and I've shared it before, that worked. uh, My dad taught it to me. I have it. I pass it on to my kids. I pass it on to other uh, young couples getting started saying, look, if you'll follow this simple plan, it'll help you budget. Number one, it's called the 10-10-10 plan. Everybody say the 10, 10, 10. It's easy to remember. 10, 10, 10. 10% goes to God. When I get paid, not after when I have leftover, not 10% of my leftovers, the first 10, every time, goes to God. The next 10% goes to savings, investments. It's something that I'm putting back for the future. Let me tell you, when I first started saving, it was very small. Very small. But over time, it begins to compound. So that 10% is saving. Why? Because I want to make sure on a rainy day that I can still pay my bills. I want to make sure that when it comes time I retire, listen, the church don't have no retirement plan. It's the James Green plan. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't think about that about pastors. Like, you have to make your own plan. And then the third 10, I pay myself. I can do anything I want to with that 10%. I can keep putting it back for a vacation, for Christmas, so that I'm not spending any credit cards. Is this helping anybody? It's a simple plan, but... At first, my, one of my sons, he didn't get it. He's like, well, what do you do with the 70 then? Duh. That's where you live. That's where you live. You mean I make this and I'm going to live off 70%? Yep. The reason people are so stressed out is we have no breathing room. See, if you're living at the 70 now, you've got breathing room. In other words, the stress goes down. You know the number one reason for divorce? Money. Should we talk about it in the church? You better believe it. Some of you, the reason you're stressed out. Some of you, you passed the line. Like you're, you're living at 120 I'm not here to beat you up today. Listen to me. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm trying to help you because I don't want you to live stressed. I don't, there has to be breathing room. And you know what? If you'll consistently and stay focused and do what I'm telling you over time, your savings, all those things, and God's blessing on your resources, opening up doors and compounding, you got to be patient and let God do his work and do your thing. I'm amazed at what God has done. I thank God for it, but I have to do the right thing with those resources too because he might get it to you, but if he can't get it through you, he's going to stop giving it to you. They're for one reason only, this unrighteous mammon, make friends. And that brings me to the last part of this message. Focus on true riches. That's God's plan. Return the first. Steward the rest. What are true riches? 
true riches are people. The most important thing in your life right now is the people in your life. Money can't buy that. Mammon can't satisfy that. And so God says, how can I even trust you with true riches if I can't even trust you, trust you with this unrighteous mammon? How can I even trust you with the spiritual gifts? Some of you think, well, I got a gift. I'm, 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 mm. No, that's in your own imagination because God won't even bless it if you can't even be trusted. Didn't we read those scriptures a while ago? That's all I'm saying to you this morning. I want you to reconsider and reevaluate is God first, not just in part of my life, but in all of my life. Is He first? in my first fruits to him. Is he first in my finances? Amen? I want you to bow your head this morning. Father, I pray for those that are here. I pray my, my message has resonated. I can only speak the word, but Holy Spirit, I pray now that you plant the seed in the heart and at least let there be meditation and consideration of how powerful your words were. These are your words, Jesus, that came out of your mouth. And realize, if I'm going to follow Jesus, i got to go all in. <laughs> he wants all of me. And knowing full well that I am there, you are there with them every step of the way. So I pray for those today. Receive it. And may we begin to see seeds and trust planted of this unrighteous mammon for the kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And if you're here today and you don't have a walk with God or you need to reestablish a walk with God, I'm going to ask you to stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand with me. Everybody stand with me. If you're here today, though. And God's talking to your heart of recommitment. Maybe you need to commit to God. Listen, I don't want you to be embarrassed. Just give me a quick hand up real quick. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you guys. Thank you. so. Hands all over the building. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Come on, everybody, pray with me. This is the most important moment in the house. Ever, ever head bowed, would you pray with me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, for paying the ultimate price for all of my sin. Lord, I make a commitment to you to serve you. And I'm asking you to come into my life. I repent, meaning I'm turning my way and I'm facing you from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. You are now the Lord of my life. Come on, can we celebrate you this morning? Those have given their hand. Lord, hands to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give you one more hand clap this morning. If you raised your hand today, it's the word says that all of heaven is celebrating. Amen. Uh, we have uh, Bibles up front. If you guys want to come up here and see Miss Karen, we have them both in English and Spanish. We would love to give you a Bible if you don't have one. 
We thank you for coming out today. We would love to meet you in VIP. If you're new here, you can meet our pastor uh, and some of the leadership staff. Uh, and if you'd like to connect with us, you can do that online or with the form that's in your seat. If not, y'all be safe going home and have a champion week.